Hello, my name is Christopher Monroe, and welcome to the Soundtrack to a Life. If I were a ship, I'd sail to your shore. Just to see my true love The one I adore I would part all these provinces In my paper boat And I'd kiss you And, and hello! Welcome back to the Soundtrack to a Life. Chris here because I am the host. With, if not the most... At least a commanding plurality. With me once again is Chelsea. Chelsea, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Chelsea has new eyeballs since we talked to her last. Woohoo! Tell them about that if you want. About my eyeballs? Well, I have one new eyeball. It's still kind of itchy and hurts a little, but I can see better out of it, so that's good. Nice! That is the main thing. I think that's the main thing. Oh, no, it's not. No. We got a little dog. We have a little dog. We got a little dog. He's very good and very cute and not here at the moment. So you won't be hearing from him. He is too young to have a favorite record from when he was in high school. We'll have him on in a couple of years. And Chelsea and I are here today discussing Hey Ocean's 2012 album, Is. Well, there's no non-embarrassing way to say this. I know this band because I saw them on a Netflix documentary about My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. This is, I concede, not the best story about discovering an indie band. It does not play particularly well to my personal brand. It comes off a little corny. I'd be the first to admit I'd rather have caught them opening for New Pornographers or Yola Tango, or something I could relate as an anecdote without feeling a twinge of embarrassment. That would make for better podcasting, and would make me sound cooler than I am in real life. Nonetheless, fuck hipster cred, because here we are. My Little Pony Friendship is Magic is a cute show that is fun to watch. It's smartly written and built around a core of impenetrable kindness. It's a show about how important it is to find connection with one another in the world, and a show about how thrillingly possible that kind of connection is. It's a show about how we are already all connected, even if we don't always understand that. And the world needs that. The world needs more kind shows about good characters being nice to one another. The world needs to be reminded sometimes that people can be nice to one another. I need to be reminded of that some of the time. I don't always feel connected with the people around me. To be honest, I watch My Little Pony when I'm not doing great, when my depression and my anxiety are especially bad, or when I'm mid-panic attack and need something pleasant and low stakes to take the edge off. You know that better than anyone. You've put it on for me more than once when I'm mid-freakout. I do the same thing with Fraggle Rock, but, to the best of my knowledge, no member of the cast of Fraggle Rock has had a sideline in an indie band. As far as the documentary itself goes, I watched it on Netflix at 2 in the morning, as is my tendency with Netflix documentaries. It centered around Ashley Ball, one of the voice actors from My Little Pony, being invited and then attending a brony convention, and through that convention discovering the fandom that had sprung up around the show. She wasn't a big convention person, but was open to new experiences, and really, if you're attending your first con-type situation, you can do a lot worse than to attend it as the guest of honor. As background to the meat of the documentary, 
They walked you through her theater school, her life outside doing voice work, and the band she performed with in addition to her acting. And, while a lot of the details around the actual convention itself have since vanished down the memory hole, the band stuck with me, because Hey Ocean is good as hell. Listeners of the show will already know that I am a sucker for a weird Pacific Northwestern indie hipster nonsense band from 2007. They're among my favorite flavors of indie hipster nonsense. And is, by Hey Ocean, is so firmly in my wheelhouse that it's nearly paid off its mortgage there. It's smart and sharply written and pretty and gentle and profoundly charming. It's music that comes off as utterly unselfconscious and completely authentic to who the members of this band are as people. It's music made by people who sound like they like one another and who love making music together. And the joy they took from making this record is obvious to anyone who listens to it. And it's hard not to get swept up in that overwhelmingly positive energy. This is music that makes me dance around my living room in the middle of the night. And you can never have too many bands like that. So, Chelsea, you'd never heard Is by Hey Ocean. And now you have. Tell me, what do you think? (laughs) I found it very sweet. It was like a love story from beginning to end. A couple getting together, going out, having their first couple of fights, resolving their relationship to wherever it wound up. I found it unexpectedly... uh, It was super unexpected. When I put it on, I was expecting something punky or or something new wavy or something like that, because that's usually what you listen to. It was completely, totally unexpected first track, and I went, huh, all right. And then I listened to it walking around Walmart. It was delightful. It was super bouncy and fun. We literally danced in the living room to it today. We sure did. <laughs> With a very tiny dog, very agitated that we were not paying attention to him. He'll have to learn. And I liked the different musical styles that worked in different songs. None of the songs sounded the same. I liked the different vocal styles and the different singers. And I found it really good background music. Just put it on and just like washes over you, but in a really good way. Not in like a tune it out because it's just there. But nice like flowy wash over you kind of music. Yeah. And their use of three singers is a terrific source of texture for the album. Like, none of the songs on this sound the same. It's one of my favorite three-track introduction to an album that I can think of off the top of my head. Like, If I Were a Ship is such a fun opening track with the xylophone and the delicate voice and the fine harmonies and the percussion. And the whole thing is just really textured and gentle, and it eases you into the album without coming off as aggressively quirky. Like, it's quirky. It's extremely quirky. It just isn't aggressive about it. (laughs) And music is love in search of the words is such a good line. Like, how good is that? So good. And then Make a New Dance Up uh, and Big Blue Wave, after that, introduce you to the concept of the band, and then ramp up tempo really nicely before they launch and soar into the sky. And you can see them working in different modes and coming off and equally skilled at all of them. And it's just, like, one, two, three. Here is everything that you need to know about this band. And you can make your decisions based on that. By the end of Big Blue Wave, you either like this band or you don't. Yeah, absolutely. Each one was beautiful and sweet and fun and different, but not like, here's a nice soft ballad into here's a crazy rock song into here's a weird screamy metal thing. It was a very natural progression, but still very different. A couple of the songs sounded a little vaudeville-y. Yeah, a couple, actually. In their, like, their tempo and stuff. I don't know if maybe it was an accordion that they'd thrown in there, or... Yeah, an accordion. But just, it had that bounce to it. 
Yeah, there's a lot of really positive energy to it. Like, this is a band that doesn't release a ton of music because their lead singer is doing several television programs at any given moment. And you can tell coming into it that they're doing it out of a really genuine love of what they do and love of working together. And that just goes through all of it. Like, this is what a deep friendship should sound like. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And Big Blue Wave is fucking gorgeous. Like, that should have been radio music. Absolutely. I wrote down that you want, it makes you want to float away, and it's like that just after a relationship starts, that new place where it's still really new, and things are still floaty, and they're good all the time, but you know each other just a little bit, so it flows just a little bit easier. Yeah, radio programmers, y'all fucked up on that one. <laughs> like, plus just like that sing until you have no voice, sing because you have no choice chorus is such a monster hook. Like, that is head out the car window, scream singing into the night, earwormy type hook. Yeah. It would be perfect for a road trip. Like, it sounds like an adventure. It sounds like it's a love song to, like, the idea of music. Yeah, very much so. Very, very much so. And the harmonies, yeah, I agree with you. They're really well used, and they sound really lush and full, and they add a sense of space to the songs really nicely. Yeah, n none of them sound tight. Like... They're tight, as in they know what they're doing and they play well together. And There's nothing loose about the mechanics of how they're presenting what they've done, but there's space to breathe within the music because they know each other well and they like each other and they know where they can give that space to allow it to be very open and very inviting for an audience member who has never heard them before coming in going, well, this is nice. I like this. Yeah, and unlike like a Bee Gees or a Crowded House type situation, they harmonize well with each other, but their voices are distinct enough from one another to give each of them an individual sense of character, even when all three of them are singing in harmonies, mm -hmm. which is a really interesting effect. Yeah. The songs here are good, and a lot of them are great, but the way that they are utilizing harmony makes them sound huge. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to be in a giant empty room with big speakers, and have it fill a big space. Ooh, I would be down with that. Right? Yeah, that like, would absolutely work. Like, well, let's be real, we'll probably play some Hey Ocean at our wedding reception. Almost certainly. It's good music for that. Um, and that'll probably be in a relatively large space with some pretty big speakers. So, there you go. <laughs> that is very true. Or even, like, our stereo system with... Four extra speakers added at various points through the house. Like These songs already do surround you, but you want them to literally surround you. Yeah, I listened to Every time I listened to it, I was listening to it on headphones, which was very enveloping, because it was just, that was all that I heard. I didn't hear anything else, which was really was exceptional for walking around Walmart. Um, it seems correct for walking around Walmart. Yeah, yeah, not a single person talked to me. It was great. <laughs> you can't bring a speaker with you for that. No, not, it's no longer 1983. Yeah. You cannot walk around with the boombox on your shoulder. Yeah, I had a guy bring um, the same speaker that we have by our bed for when I'm listening to music at night. Mm -hmm. He brought it onto the train and was playing his music that way. Oh dear. Yeah, all I could think was, I even kind of like your taste in music, but you are a sociopath for doing this. <laughs> Put the fucking speaker into your bag. Yeah. Headphones, please. Headphones, you are in public. We know that you think your taste in music is the best. We don't want to hear it necessarily. 
Although I kind of did. <laughs> but I don't want that precedent set and then out there. No. And yeah, I have a lot of time for intricately layered harmonies showing what voices can do while working together. Like, it's a simple way to lend atmosphere to your music, but it's also the most difficult way. Yeah, if you can't pull it off, it sounds bad. Yeah, that's very much the case. It's like me trying to harmonize. Yeah. It just sounds bad. No. At harmonizing? Terrible at All right, yeah, that's fair. You can't pick out a third. You don't have that music theory background. No. I can sing, apparently, but I cannot harmonize. And if you try and harmonize with me, I will change and sing what you're singing. Yes, you will. You have met me on my harmony several times. It has sounded very bad. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. And yeah, all of them singing, I assume they all sing the songs they wrote? I mean... That is my instinct whenever a band has multiple vocalists, but I do not know that for certain. But it adds, it's such a great way to break up the record. Like, they're already experimenting with shifting tones and sounds and production styles, but the three of them alternating vocal duties is just another tonal shift on a record that is already filled with them, and it just speaks well of their ambition, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. And they are all clearly close enough to each other and on the same page enough as a band that however it shifts, they're still presenting a unified front to the world. Yes, very much so. There's no weird jarring shift when a different vocalist takes over, whether it's for their own song or midway through a song. They flow very naturally and very comfortably. Like These people know each other very well. They've been singing together for a very long time. Regardless of whether the band has been together for a super long time, they've known each other and worked together for years. And they have cultivated a sound that is very comfortable. Yeah, it's very unselfconscious. Yeah, and it plays comfortable. Like, Sloan plays comfortable. When a different vocalist takes over, it doesn't jar you because they play well together. and They know each other well. Yeah, and they're all, like, there's a lot of tonal shift within this, but it's all within the overall tone of comfort and kindness and gentleness and soaring and inspirational. Like, it all sounds like one band. It just sounds like one band that has a lot of space to move around in. Mm -hmm. This would sound dope played around a campfire. Yes, Uh, whether you're playing it on a speaker around a campfire or you've just got one dude with a guitar. Yeah. It would still play very well, or sitting on the deck of a ferry in the middle of the afternoon with the ocean around you, and again, a guitar, and a couple of people just singing. Yeah, absolutely. This is music that invites, this is inviting music. It's really good at bringing you in and making you feel like you're a part of it. Yes, very much so. Which, like, not what I would have expected from a Netflix documentary about a television program for children. Well, yes and no. No? I could I could definitely see Hey Ocean doing music for My Little Pony. Oh, I'd buy that. I'd buy that, actually. You know, like it's the happy everybody's friends. Even if there's a little bit of conflict, it still sorts itself out by the end of the episode. And we all learn lessons. About friendship. Specifically. Incredibly <laughs> specifically. <laughs> because friendship is magic. Yep. She plays um, Applejack and Rainbow Dash, specifically. If you were curious as to who... She is on that program. Okay. Both of which seem like good gigs for a voice actor. Yeah. That show has a rabid and crazy fan base Uh, of people who might 
show up and do things for you with other projects, the way that other kids' shows. Like, if one of Paw Patrol had a sideline in a blues band, Paw Patrol fandom is not going to be showing up to blues gigs. No. Well, the parents of Paw Patrol fandom might be showing up to blues gigs. I would absolutely bet you money they would not. Alright. <laughs> parents traditionally do not even watch these shows with their kids. If they had time to spend with their kids, why would they let their kids watch these shows? At that point, you would then go out and do something with your kids. That's valid. Presumably. I mean, neither of us are parents. This is true. And every time I watched kids' shows with Andy and Max, I was hanging out with them, and that's what they wanted to do, so we sat and watched kids' shows by their choice. Ah, uh, children. Yeah. What was Andy and Max's favorite kids' show growing up? They watched a lot of Recess. Oh, yeah? And then lots of movies. What movies? Uh, Never Ending Story, Dark Crystal, Princess Bride, Mulan. Andy watched Mulan so many times. So many times. And it was at the worst possible stage in her cognitive development, because she was already screwing up genders, and then her favorite movie was Mulan, and it just made it worse. What? Oh, yeah. It was neither worse nor better. Gender is fake. <laughs> True! <laughs> but we were less stringent about that then. Ah, <laughs> uh, twas the time. I'm gonna be honest, I was hoping for an answer that would be embarrassing to Andy. Fair! <laughs> Fair! Just given that she wa listens to the show, and she shows up sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't remember anything horribly embarrassing that she used to watch. Like, we didn't watch a whole lot of, like, Bob the Builder or anything. Fair enough. She was not a Caillou kid. I don't know what that even is. Dang, whatever deity you want that she was not a Caillou kid. Caillou is creepy. Small little, like, four-year-old who's bald and everybody always thinks he has cancer and he's weird. That seems very bad. Mm-hmm. On a related note, how weird is it for the other two dudes in this band when, no doubt, at some point, shortly after this came out, sizable portions of their crowd were suddenly in pony cosplay? <laughs> Super weird. Because, like, you know that happened. Oh, yeah. That has to have happened. And all but one of the people making this music have nothing to do with it. Yeah. No, there was definitely at least one concert where the other two dudes looked out at the audience and went, Why is everyone wearing t-shirts that say zero to awesome in ten seconds with a Pegasus on it? I mean, and given... The style of music they're making, that is a fair question. Yeah. On the other hand... You owned that shirt. I did. On the <laughs> other hand, packed and enthusiastic audiences... Are always good no matter what they're wearing. That is exactly correct. Like, I'm sure an extra 200 people at every show... Definitely helped pay the rent. I have no doubt. Which is great because as a band, they did not. This album made it to number 70 on the Canadian Albums Chart... And Big Blue Wave made it to number 88, which is why we, as a nation, do not deserve nice things. Fair! Like, this is so good. And unlike a lot of the music that I listen to that veers a little too weird for commercial radio play, and that's on me for not liking commercial music. Fair enough, I don't like commercial music either. But this feels like it could do some radio. It's a poor comment on our society that good made-for-radio music that's just nice and warm and friendly, nobody wants to listen to, yeah. because it's nice and warm and friendly. Meanwhile, like, 
I could do a joke about Nickelback or Bieber here, mm. but I won't because why tear someone down to build somebody up? But I will mention the fact that I could because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a great person. I'm just trying. Part of it in terms of the lack of commercial success might have been the 2012 of it all. Most of the Pacific Northwestern hipster nonsense bands of this period had already released their really big albums by then. And while the whole Seattle, Portland, Olympia, Vancouver type axis is still the source of a lot of really cool music, by the time this record came out, that sort of music was getting a lot less mass market exposure. Mm. Um, and all of the capital B big bands of this era in music had already pretty much established themselves. Yeah. Like... Death Cab's really big record was five years previous to this. New Pornographers were already well-established by this point. Decemberists were already in the middle of what they were doing. Mm -hmm. Dandy Warhols had already peaked. And the whole thing, while there was still interesting music happening, obviously this was happening and it's really interesting. Just as a random example, the place in popular consciousness that it had briefly occupied was full. Yeah, like it had kind of ebbed a little bit. I do think if this had come out five or six years earlier than when it did, Hey Ocean would have been a much bigger band. Yeah, and they didn't do anything super gimmicky like OK Go did. Because they came out around it, this time too, didn't they? OK Go, I think, came out again five or six years earlier. Mm. And the weird videos sustained them uh, maybe better than some of their contemporaries. But part of it was just... They were a good power pop band coming out at the time where good power pop bands were a thing that people wanted to listen to. Why wouldn't you want to listen to a good power pop band? Like, a good one, not just a power pop band. There are really bad ones. Oh, I don't know. I got a lot of time for weird power pop bands. Uh, I don't. What? They're not, but you... But we see Sloan so often. I know, and Sloan are so good. Sloan are also a natural... Fucking treasure. Yeah, and the odds were so good. Yeah. And OK Go were so good. Yeah. Matthew Sweet was dope as hell. I didn't see Matthew Sweet. Fountains of Wayne are incredibly good. I didn't see Fountains of Wayne. Oh, you should see Fountains of Wayne. I don't think you can now. I don't know that they're still a band. <laughs> fair, fair. But like, for a band that definitely only has one song, <laughs> they have so many songs, and all of them are excellent, and it's weird that they weren't bigger. Fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, by the time this came out, attention had kind of shifted from that region and from that style of music, and there wasn't the, I guess, commercial support system for it. Like, what were we listening to in 2012? I think it was a lot more dance-oriented, synthesized stuff. A lot yeah. of club jams. I was still listening to angry white person music in the late 90s. You sure were. <laughs> you sure were. Not to spoil things for our next episode. You were listening to a lot of angry white person music like, from the late 90s and early 2000s. I like angry white person music from the late 90s and early 2000s. Nobody's faulting you for that. <sighs> but sometimes you need, like, gentle music that will rock you to sleep. I used to fall asleep to Kenny G. That's also a baffling call. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just saxophone. It's not like he sings. No, I know. I'm familiar with the concept of Kenny G. <laughs> you don't need to explain what a Kenny G is. And you know, I don't remember why I bought the CD. I bought it. I paid money for it. It wasn't like it was a gift or anything. I bought it. 
I just don't remember why. Was it good, though? Is it chill? Yeah, it's totally good. It's really chill. I used to fall asleep to it all the time. All right. That's a very weird call. Back when I fell asleep to actual CDs. We got old. Yes, we did. The years start coming and they don't stop coming, as Smash Mouth famously noted about the nature of human mortality. Is that what they were talking about? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Oh, my. Yep. In a mbop, it's gone. All shitty late 90s bands were talking about the inevitability of death. Yeah. Prove that I'm not. No. No. I'm good. No, this is this is the kind of music that I play <laughs> as I'm going to bed. Yes, I know. Like, it's pretty and it's pastoral and it's chilled out and it kind of just lulls you into a very relaxed state no matter what else is going on. Yeah. Yeah. As I as I was listening to it, I was like, yeah, okay, I know this song. Yeah. I know this song. I'm, I have heard this before. Okay. But never really listened to it, because it's the music that I wake up to. I suspect that there are several tracks on this that appeared when I gave you that iPod Nano. Oh, yeah, probably. I gave you one of indie bands, and I gave you one of Canadian music. Gave me No, you gave me one of guitar music from the mid-90s. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is the one I do not have anymore, because it was in my car when it was stolen. The worst. The worst. You gave me one of goth bands. Yep, 80s goth and post-punk bands. Yeah, which I have. And then the pink one, which has pink-sounding music on it. This kind of stuff, and like the Dandy Warhols are on it, and yep. there's a bunch of other... Pink! The music yeah. is pink! Yeah, like 2000s indie bands. Yeah. Do you still listen to those? Yeah. Yes. In case you at home were wondering how old we are. <laughs> still... Given one another and listening to actual iPods. Yes. The first one, which I no longer have anymore, which is very sad, was given to me in a cassette case like it was a mixtape for my birthday. I mean, it's kind of a mixtape. And it was amazing. Ah. And I still have the case somewhere. But not the actual iPod. But not the actual iPod because I listened to it all the time in my car, so it was in my car. So people who stole Chelsea's car, if you're out there listening, die in a fucking fire. <sighs> yes, I loved that car. That car was good, too. And yeah, it would be another um, six years after Is before Hey Ocean would release anything else. So they released another album in 2018? That is correct. And it was very good. Awesome. I enjoyed it a lot. They're a very good band. They are not a commercially successful band, and therefore they are not a band that releases a lot of music because they all have, you know, jobs. <laughs> they, <laughs> so that, they work. So that they can have food and shelter. Yeah. But when they do get together, it sounds great. Nice. They definitely did not lose any of the magic. Because they have all the friendship? Probably. <laughs> Speaking of shows that are gentle and nice about nice people who help each other, uh -huh. I miss Good Place. Me too. It's so recently done. Yeah. But I'm still up in my feels about it. Me too. That was such a good show that stuck the landing so well. Yes. Good Place is, and correct me if I'm wrong, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic for adults. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like people who don't know, really know each other, thrown together, forming relationships, making connections, helping one another to improve in a setting of magical realism. Absolutely. All right. I'm good. I'm glad that I am not crazy. <laughs> no, you are not crazy. Yeah, when I thought of that, I'm like, oh, that's so clever. 
No, wait, is it clever or am I a fucking lunatic? No, it's clever. Uh, another kind show about good people, although the people weren't as good. My name is Earl when it was on. Never watch So good. Earl discovers the concept of karma, believes in it, and then has to make things right with everyone he's ever hurt in his life. Yeah. But he's so bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> he's just real, real bad at it. Oh. And then in Laser Seasons, they drifted away from that core concept, mm -hmm. and the show wasn't as good. But while they were sticking close to that, it was so fucking funny, and it was never overtly mean to anyone. Nice. Yeah. There aren't enough shows that pull that off both ways. Yes. While I'm sad that Good Place is gone, I'm happy that it went away as opposed to becoming bad. Yeah, that's true. Go it on your own terms. Yeah, I was supposed to see Hey Ocean play in support of their last record like a year and a half ago. Why I, didn't we? Uh, you were working. Okay. And then I was going to go with Sarah, but Sarah pulled out at the extreme last minute. Uh-huh. And then... By that point, I was in kind of a shitty mood anyway. Oh. You should have gone. It would have made you feel better. Yeah, I definitely should have gone. That's absolutely... I regret that now. Uh, hopefully, they will come through town again, because I suspect that they were great, and I suspect that they would be great next time. But unfortunately, on a band that routinely puts six years between records... Okay, fair enough. It might be a minute. Like, this might be a fucked up opportunity on my part, and I'm just going to have to live with it. That happens. It does. I'm still grouchy that two bands that I want to take you to see are not coming here. Who that? Disturbed and Slipknot. Neither one of which is coming anywhere near here on their tours for their most recent albums. Sons of bitches. And, like, not even close. Not even, like, driving distance. No? No. One of the tours. Because, um... throwing this out there, but, like, in a way where listeners at home know about it too, I guess, I do pretty routinely get five-day weekends. That's true. I will have to look them up. Because they did both just post tour dates. But, like, both of them, the only Canadian date they have is Toronto. Dear every band. Not even Vancouver. Toronto is not a Canadian tour. I'm sure it's great for the people in Toronto. Many of us aren't. Yes, and we've already been to Toronto this decade. Unlikely it will happen again. I mean, I feel like in the next decade. Well, yes, probably in the next decade, but it'll, it's going to be a minute. We still got family out there. That's true. Get our finances in order, figure some shit out. <laughs> Although Vancouver does seem more likely. Yeah. It's a better road trip. Are they not playing in Seattle or Portland? I don't know. I'll have to pull up the tour dates. You should cross-reference that against uh, when the breaks between shows are, because I would absolutely road trip to see either of those bands, as people will learn in a couple of weeks. Don't pull it up now. <laughs> I can multitask. I can do more than one thing at a time. Don't multitask. Talk about Hey Ocean. <laughs> the pleasant pastoral sounds of Hey Ocean. A band from Vancouver that is good music to chill out to. Though you should also check and see if Hey Ocean routinely plays random gigs in Vancouver. I mean, that's true too, although I imagine that they would be announced last minute. Valid. The thing about gigs in your actual hometown. Valid. You do not tell people about it months in advance. You... <laughs> whisper to a whisper network that is coming up and then see who turns up. True that. True that. But maybe it'll be a shorter period between records this time. Also would be nice. Because from what I saw before I took off, the show was at least pretty packed. Nice. Mm-hmm. But I suppose that brings us pretty close to the end. <laughs>
I'm going to end the episode the way that I tend to, by asking three questions. Hey, Chelsea. Yeah. You ever going to listen to Is by Hey Ocean again? Definitely. Nice. Are you going to explore the rest of their catalog? Most likely. Nice. Yeah, their, uh, their most recent one, like I said, The Hurt of Happiness. Okay. Came out in 2018. Um, also very good. The material that they did previous to this, also very strong. It's a little bit less produced. It features more of a like actual indie band type experience. Okay. And if you were to pick one song off this record to close out the episode, what would you pick? Steady. Steady? We're going to close the episode on Steady. Uh, this has been the Soundtrack to a Life. Follow along on Facebook and Twitter at SoundtrackCast, SoundtrackCast.com. Like us, share us, rate us, review us. Give us those sweet, sweet five-star reviews. They are very helpful in terms of getting word out about a podcast. Chelsea, you have no online presence. None. I have absolutely no online presence at all. So weird. (laughs) That is the difference between actor brain and stage manager brain. You got like a charity or something that you think people should support? I totally do. We live in a city with a ridiculous number of homeless people and lots and lots of shelters and they can always use your help. Clothes, food, time, anything you can donate to Drop-In Center, the Mustard Seed, Alpha House, any of the women's shelters in the city. Help people. Helping people is good. Helping people is good, you guys. We spent a bunch of time talking about gentle, kind-sounding music made by friends and a show that teaches us that we are all connected. Go out there and help somebody. And if you don't live in Calgary, I bet that there is some equivalent resource that you could be giving to. What is the best thing to give to a shelter? Socks and underwear. Buy socks and underwear and then take them to a shelter and donate them. That would be such a good thing for you to do this week. And you'll feel so good about yourself. This has been the soundtrack to a life. Playing us out is Hey Ocean. You guys have a terrific week, and we will see you in two weeks' time to talk about an album that literally could not be more different from this album. Bye. Bye.